Now, I'd like you to turn with me in God's Word to the beloved 23rd Psalm. This is something we looked at a few weeks ago. We looked at one verse. We're going to look at another verse uh, this morning. But it was 1835, and I believe it was Florence, Italy. Uh, A man went to the doctor. He was a basket case. He he was a mess emotionally. Uh, He was just overwhelmed with the sense of foreboding doom. Uh, He wasn't sleeping any, wasn't eating. All he wanted to do was go into his room, shut the door, didn't want to associate with anybody. But he did have the good sense to go to the doctor. So he went to the doctor and explained his sad plight to the doctor, who quite uh, rapidly uh, arrived at a diagnosis. And he shared with the man what he believed to be the perfect prescription for him at that particular time. He said, you need to go to the circus. Uh, There's a circus in town. Uh, You know, they, they didn't have TV back then. There's a circus in town, and there is a clown by the name of Grimaldi who night after night has the audience just uh, rolling in the aisles. And he told the man, uh, he's the funniest clown I've ever seen, and they say he's the funniest clown in all the world. I just really believe if you just go to this circus, it'll do you really uh, a world of good. You just need... Uh, a distraction. Well, the man just sat there and seemed to be unfazed by what the doctor was telling him. And he lifted his head slowly and he gazed into the doctor's eyes and he said, no, I know that won't do any good either. Because you see, I am Grimaldi. Well, folks, lots of Grimaldis out there. Uh, maybe you've seen the commercial uh, for an antidepressant. It's got uh, a bunch of people walking around with uh, a cardboard smiley face faces. Uh, but behind the smiley face, you can see the sadness that is in their heart. Lots of people like that, uh, even today. Behind the mask, uh, maybe, maybe we can't see it. Maybe they look fine to a lot of people. But behind uh, the surface, their heart, on the inside, they're just filled with an anxiety that there's no way uh, even to entertain away. Well, I believe that there is a verse in the beloved 23rd Psalm that contains a prescription for the anxiety that continues to afflict a lot of people today. And that's found in verse 2. We looked at verse 3 a few weeks ago. We're going to back up and look at verse uh, 2. But in verse 1, David says, The Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who who deals with me the same way that a shepherd will with his flock. And look at verse 2. 
he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Can't you just see that? He leads me beside still waters or he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I believe a the best translation of the first part of verse 2 is not, He makes me lie down. You know, that, that kind of puts in our mind, you know, He forces us. You know, He threatens us with His rod. He makes me lie down. I think the better translation is, He causes me to lie down. Because He didn't make us in the sense that He forces us down Rather, He works in our lives in such a way as to cause us to relax and lie down on our own accord. Philip Keller is the one who way back in uh, nearly half a century ago wrote that book uh, that I learned a lot about sheep. Uh, It's called, the title of the book is A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. And he wrote that after actually working as a shepherd for eight years. And Keller, in that book, he says that sheep, by their very nature, are very nervous animals. And they won't lie down uh, unless they've got four conditions met. First of all, they've got to know... uh, in the bottom of their heart, they've got to know that they don't have anything to worry about when it comes to threats from outside the flock. They don't have to worry about any wild animals or rustlers getting them. And, and you know, if it was left just up to them, they, they'd have some serious concerns because sheep are basically defenseless. You know, they don't have any claws, they don't have sharp teeth or anything like that. They, they are basically defenseless. All they can do is run. Now, they say that because they're so nervous, uh, just the slightest sound will uh, startle a sheep. And if they are lying down, it will cause them to jump up and just start running. Uh, and that can be a dangerous thing if they are uh, in a place where there's cliffs that they can go uh, running off. So, first of all, they've got to know that they don't have anything to worry about when it comes to dangers from outside the flock. But secondly, they've got to know that they don't have anything to worry about when it comes to uh, any threats of any hotshot sheep within the flock. Uh, any, any sheep that uh, would want to be first in what shepherds call the budding order. And they're, they're the sheeps that they're in every flock, they say, that just kind of, you know, they're the ones that kind of strut through the flock, you know. And, uh, you know, they've got, this, they've got this attitude. They've got this personality. You know, make way, uh, out of the way, make way for number one. Uh, a sheep needs to know that they don't have to worry about uh, any other sheep uh, being a problem to them. 
A third condition that needs to be met is that a sheep needs to know that they don't have to worry about uh, being pestered to death by any pest or parasites, that uh, uh, the shepherd is going to be able to take care of those things for them. And then a fourth thing that they, that they need to know that they don't need to be afraid of is that they're going to go hungry or thirsty anytime soon. If a sheep arrives, has those four conditions met, then they are convinced that uh, they don't have anything to worry about. Then they'll relax and they'll lie down uh, on their own accord. Not because they have to or they're made to, but they're just so relaxed they'll lie down on their own accord. And it's a responsibility of the shepherd to assure them that, uh, that they don't have anything to worry about in, in those regards. And he doesn't do it by just telling them. Uh, obviously, sheep are very limited in what they're able to understand in what the shepherd might be saying to them, but they know it because of the good care that they receive from the shepherd. You see, a good shepherd does protect the flock from any threats from outside the flock or inside the flock. You may remember David was pretty good with slingshot. Remember that? He was the one who uh, took the sling and, and slayed the giant, Goliath. Well, uh, he was able to do that because he had a lot, of, a lot of practice growing up as a shepherd. And if anybody knew that, they did, that, that, that he was good with the slingshot, it was the sheep in his flock. You see, a good shepherd also not only can take care of any threats inside or outside the flock, uh, a good shepherd can take care of those pests. Uh, he can treat, uh, treat the sheep if they uh, have any parasites or anything that need to be treated. or He'll know to keep them away from places where there's an overabundance of bugs. And then finally, a good shepherd will lead the sheep to where there's good grazing, good grass to feed on, and still waters to drink from. Now, let me take just a minute and let, let's talk about those still waters. You know where still water is, don't you? Okay, it's a town in Oklahoma. But, <clears throat> actually... Still waters is not uh, completely still waters. You know, that'd be a mud puddle, okay? Still waters is, uh, has to be flowing a little bit. The, the new needs to be coming in. The old water needs to be uh, going out. You don't want totally still water because then the bacteria just, it just sits there. It uh, and they become unsafe. You don't want the sheep uh, drinking from that. So still water is not totally still water. But it's also, while it's flowing, it's not flowing very rapidly at all. 
back when I was a young adult, uh, well, when I graduated from high school, uh, a friend of our family gave me, uh, for my graduation present from high school, a wool blanket made from sheep uh, that he had raised. And, uh, you know, it had had my name uh, engraved or whatever, sewed into it. And uh, I love that blanket. And it was so comfortable and so cozy. Well, as a young adult, um, I decided it had been a few years. You know, surely you got to wash those things, you know, every few years or so. So I decided uh, to go ahead and throw that thing uh, in the washer. And I found out after I did that, uh, you're not supposed to wash and dry them. Uh, it ruins. It ruined my wool blanket, and I've been I've been heartbroken ever since. I loved, I loved that blanket. But one thing that I can remember quite vividly is after I washed it, trying to get that thing out of the washer. Have you ever done that? Any, wash anything wool, that thing was heavy. Uh, wool absorbs water very well, even if it's still attached to the sheep. And if, if a shepherd leads his sheep to water to drink from that is that is moving too rapidly, that's going to mean when the, the, the sheep uh, steps into the water to get a drink of water, it's going to get just that much more wet. And the wetter that sheep becomes, the more dangerous that water becomes and the more likely he is to end up being literally sucked into that water and drowning. So still water was safe water. And, uh, you know, a good shepherd is going to lead his sheep to good grazing and still water. Now, they say that sheep aren't too bright. But they're bright enough to know when the one who is their shepherd is going to take good care of them or is taking good care of them or not. And once they become convinced of that, then they'll relax and they'll lie down on their own accord. Well, folks, in a, in a very similar fashion, uh, we could say, we too, you too, can relax if the Lord is your shepherd because He is the best shepherd there is. Now, let me say at this point, there are, there, there are some people who, who suffer from an anxiety, any number of different types of anxiety disorders uh, that are caused by medical conditions. And I, I think we need to acknowledge and recognize that, uh, you know, any, there, there's going to be a limit to how much, uh, you know, a person like that can relax. But I think even a person who suffers from that kind of anxiety can relax to a certain degree if the Lord is their shepherd because of the fact that he is the best shepherd anybody can have. 
You see, like a shepherd, he protects like no one else can. He protects us from um, all enemies, foreign and domestic. Uh, You know, I say that. How many of you were federal employees? Uh, Okay. You remember that oath that you took? You know, when you joined the military, became a federal employee to you... You uh, pledged to protect the nation from all enemies, foreign and domestic. The Lord can protect us from uh, all enemies, foreign and domestic. Those far off and those nearby. I think of uh, Matthew 10. I know Pastor uh, Stephen is going to get to this pretty soon in his preaching, so I'm glad I got to this before he did, because this is really, this is really good. Matthew 10 is where Jesus sent the disciples out, you know, commissioned them to go out and tell everybody about him, the good news about him. But in, in Matthew chapter 10, in the beginning of that chapter, he says to the, to the disciples, as he's fixing to send them out, he says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep into a midst of the pack, a pack of hungry wolves. Now, picture that. Uh, who do you think is going to win in that situation? But then later on in the chapter, as he's still uh, sending them out, he says, he says, I don't want you to be afraid of those who may want to kill you. Okay, I'm sending you out to a bunch of people who are going to act like wolves. Uh, Some of them are going to want to kill you. I don't want you to be afraid of that. But then he says why they shouldn't be afraid. He says because they may be able to kill your body, but they can't touch your soul. So at the end of the day, when all is said and done, and for all eternity... You win. He is able uh, to protect us from anything or anyone out there that might want to do us harm. Also, He is able to uh, take care of those, uh, those pests, those everyday irritations of life. A lot of which, you know, none of which are, are any big deal. But, you know, when you go through them day after day after day, and it's the same thing day after day after day, and new ones come in, and, you know, it can make you kind of grumpy after a while and, and pull you down emotionally and sour your disposition and at the very worst uh, throw a wet blanket on your Uh, on the testimony of your life. Well, the Lord can take care of those everyday irritations that that may not be big, but they can still do damage to our testimony. But also, the Lord is able to give us that spiritual nourishment and um, drink life uh, that we need to face whatever life throws in our direction from day to day. I think of a, a, 
a couple of passages. The first one over in, in Matthew chapter 4. You remember where Jesus is being tempted by the devil at the beginning of his ministry. And uh, the, the devil tries to tempt him with something. And, and Jesus replied back and reminded the devil that, uh, that of what the Bible said when it said, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, the Word of God, uh, which we are privileged to have written down for us. You know, we don't have to guess about it. Uh, it's written down to us in, for, for us in black and white. The Word of God provides that spiritual nourishment that gives us the strength that we need to face whatever comes our way from day to day. And then over in John chapter 4, and I want you to turn, turn over there uh, with me if you would. John chapter 4. Uh, this is where Jesus uh, was met with this woman at the well of Sychar in Samaria. And he asked her for a drink of water and they're having this, this conversation. And uh, after he asked her for this drink of water, Jesus said to her, in verse 13, John chapter 4, Jesus says, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Eternal life. Not just life that lasts forever and ever and ever, but a life that begins the, the very minute, the instant that we receive that life uh, in this life that makes all the difference uh, in this life and lasts forever and ever and ever. Folks, if the Lord is your shepherd, if you've had the good sense to decide in your heart to follow Jesus and you've made him your shepherd, then you of all people ought to be able to relax because of a wonderful way that he promises to take care of you and that he does take care of you from day to day. But you know as well as I do, what we ought to do, and that is relax, and what we do often are two different things, aren't they? Which is why in God's Word, over and over and over and over and over from Genesis to Revelation, we hear those words, don't be afraid, don't be anxious, don't worry, don't fret, I've got this. I'll take care of you. I can't think of anything more difficult than having to bury your own child. Especially when that little, that child is Young, elementary school, preschooler. 
Yet Jesus told a father whose precious little daughter had just died. He said, don't be afraid. Just trust me. He told his disciples, don't worry about your life. What you'll eat, about your body, what you're going to wear. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Don't be afraid, little flock. For God your Father has been pleased to give you his kingdom. He told the Apostle Paul who had spent years in prison for his faith and was at that very moment on his way to appeal uh, his case before Caesar himself in Rome. Now he was caught up in a, in a, uh, a storm and uh, everybody was, just knew it was going to break apart that ship and it would result in a shipwreck. But Jesus said to him, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. And he told Christians at the end of the first century who were being horribly persecuted for their faith. This is, they, they weren't being just persecuted in, in Rome, which was the case with Nero some 30 or so years earlier. They were being persecuted by, by imperial decree across the Roman Empire. Jesus said in the midst of that, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. And he tells you today, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever, wherever you may be, in your life, he says to you, relax. I've got this. You can count on me to take care of you. I think there's something else we need to say at this point. And that is, we can count on him to provide for us that protection and that provision as long as we stick with Him. We remain with the flock. And we don't go off, veering off in some other direction all on our own. Because you see, when we do that, that's exactly where we're at. We're all on our own. Uh, we, we're not going to lose our salvation or anything like that. We'll spend eternity with Him in heaven, but we're on our own in the sense that we're separating ourselves from the help that we need uh, day in and day out from the one who wants more than anything else to take care of us. Now, if you look back at, uh, back at that verse in Psalm 23, and I just lost my place, but you know what it says. Uh, he... In the second part of that verse, it says, he uses that word, he leads me. Uh, it's a form of the same word, leads, he leads me, that's used in, in verse 3. But in verse 2, 
he doesn't just lead me, he really leads me. You know, he leads me like nobody else's business. He leads me like only he can. Nobody else can lead me the way that he leads me. He's the best leader there is. He leads me beside these still waters. But the thought is, he leads me. In, in other words, he's walking in front of me. He's leading the way. He's not behind me with, with his staff beating me or uh, forcing me to go forward. It's entirely up to me whether or not I'm going to follow him. So I think what we've, we've got to say here as well as you can relax at the Lord your shepherd is you can relax if you keep following hard after him. Now, what does that mean? Uh, you know, that's language that is used in the King James translation of uh, Psalm 63, 8. There's a song, isn't there, about following hard after God. What does that mean? What does that mean? I think in relation to this particular verse, uh, this is what it might mean. It's to stay with the flock. Uh, we can follow hard after Him. We can stay close to Him by staying with uh, the rest of the flock. How do we do that? You're doing it right now. You've come to church. you you, you meet together when we meet together and you, to worship the Lord, to study His Word, to, to hear a proclaim, to, to, like last night uh, or yesterday afternoon, to, to serve Him together, to share Jesus uh, together and encourage one another. You stay with the flock that is following Jesus and then you stay with Him. You stay as close to Him as you possibly uh, can through prayer, which the Apostle Paul says uh, we ought to do continually, you know, all the time, pray without ceasing. You know, we ought to constantly recognize that He's walking with us, He's there with us. We ought to have that conscious awareness of His presence in our lives. We ought to commune with Him constantly, day by day, moment by moment, and through His Word as we, uh, you know, that's a primary way that He speaks to us. We take the time to open up His Word, uh, not just when we come to church, but through the week, uh, day in and day out. Whatever's going on in your life, wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing, folks, you can relax. If the Lord's your shepherd and... You are following hard after Him. Well, it was March of 1933. The election was over! Thank the Lord. The new president was fixing to be inaugurated for the first of what turned out to be an unprecedented uh, four times. When Franklin Delano Roosevelt, at his inauguration, made those memorable words, he said, We have nothing to fear 
but fear itself. And what he was referring to was an obvious reference to what they just been through. Uh, they just witnessed the uh, collapse of the stock market, and not just the stock market, but the entire U.S. economy. Folks, uh, it was a whole lot worse than anything that we've experienced since uh, 2008. It was bad. But the new president had campaigned on the promise of, you know, there's hope. And he really believed and he expressed his optimism to the people that the American people could pull themselves up out of the depths of the, the Great Depression. But he also knew that they wouldn't be able to if they were afraid that they couldn't. I don't know where you are this morning, but maybe you're afraid. Things are so bleak in your life, you're afraid that you, there's just no coming up out of this at least emotional pit that you find yourself in today. You're, you're like Grimaldi. Uh, nobody else can tell it. I mean, you've got that smile painted on your face, but on the inside, you're worried sick about all that's going on in your life. Folks, believe it or not, you can relax if the Lord's your shepherd and you're following hard after Him. You can relax. Because of the way He takes care of you. For crying out loud, look at the way He takes care of you. Think of all that He's done for you uh, in the past. Think of what He's doing for you now. Now maybe you veered off and you're off and, and uh, it's, it's harder and harder to hear His voice. Now would be a good time for you to return to Him while you're still close enough to hear His voice. You can relax if the Lord is your shepherd. If, on the other hand, he's not your shepherd, it's another story altogether. You see, you don't have uh, all that help and hope. You don't have his wonderful protection and provision for your every need. And one of these days, you're going to enter eternity without hope and uh, a hopeless eternity forever and ever and ever. It'll be too late to do anything about it. Now, folks, if that scares you, it ought to. It ought to. And now would be a good time for you to make up your mind to decide to follow Jesus and make him the shepherd of your soul. Let's pray together.